In Psalm chapter 56, he goes, Thou tellest my wonderings, you put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry unto, when I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know. This I know, for God is with me. For, hallelujah. For God is for me, I'm sorry. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what can man do to me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. You know, I've been talking about for, this is about the 10th week. I've been talking about, I promise. And what does he say? He goes, thy vows are upon me. That word vows is translated promise. Thy promises are upon me. They're upon me. His promises on my life are on my life. It's not something I'm waiting to happen. It's not something I'm wishing would happen. No, his vows are upon me. Oh God, I will render praises unto you. I have his promises. I have something to praise God about this morning. And then it says this, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Will not thou deliver my feet from falling? Think about that. Now, now we're in a new covenant here. He saved you from a devil's hell. How much more would he keep you falling? For you delivered me of my soul from death. Will not you deliver my feet from falling? Now listen, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. So he wants us to walk in the, in his light, in the living. Let me, let me read and amplified. It says, for you have delivered my life from death. Yes. And my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of life and of the living. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. I have no lack. I have no lack because his promises are upon me. He's going to cause me to walk in the light, (laughs) hallelujah, in the light of life and of the living. He's going to cause me to walk in the light as he is in the light. He's going to cause me to walk in his plan, his purpose, his pathway for my life. Hallelujah. His promises are upon me. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. We'll get there in a moment. This verse I'm about to read uh, while I was studying last Sunday morning and preparing for service. And I thought maybe I would get into that uh, last week. But, um, but the Lord, I've just been meditating it all week. And I believe it's for, for us this morning. And we'll, we'll get there in a moment. But I just want to establish this, that, that we have the promises of God. And as I just read, they're upon our lives. That promise that God gave to Moses to, and he told Aaron to speak to the people. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious towards you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. We've been, t- we've been talking about this is, this is God's desire for me that his blessing and the word blessing, the root word of the word blessing means to kneel. And it means what did God do? He, he knelt down, he came down on our level and, and, and provided everything that we would have need of. He blessed us, he strengthened us, he empowered us to prosper. Last week, I've been talking about, and we talked about the Holy Spirit and because of the Holy Spirit, we have fruitfulness. 
fullness and fulfillment. And last week we talked about having no lack. We have the spirit of God upon our lives and we've been given everything that we need to thrive. We've given everything we need to be successful, everything to overcome whatever the enemy might throw at us. The greater one lives on the inside of us. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Because of the greater one, I can live with no lack. He will lead me in pathways. He will bless everything I set my hand to. He desires to increase me, spirit, soul, and body, and finances. He cares about every aspect of my life. So much so that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, he, he, the apostle prays to them. He goes, I pray that you would be whole, complete, spirit, that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. So, so here I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body, whole, complete, everything. So God cares about every aspect of our lives. There's not one area of our lives that he wants to, us to operate in deficit in. This is a year of abundant overflow. And if I'm walking in abundant overflow, then I have no lack. I have no lack. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We talked about how the disciples, when, when Jesus went to them and he says, when I sent you out, he said, did you lack anything? And they said, nothing, master. Nothing. And that was while Jesus was still here. That was before the sending of the Holy Spirit. How much more shall we lack Nothing. Lack no good thing. Can you say that? I lack no good thing. thing. Let's look at this in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Let's look at verse 7. Holy Spirit, help me this morning. Verse 7, the King James says, Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy. And drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepts thy works. Let thy garments be always white. And let thy head lack no ointment. Let me read that verse 8 in the Amplified. It says, let your garments be always white. Now, what is, what, when we see that in the Old Testament or we see that in Scripture, what is that referring to? That's referring to righteousness. See, see, we have, he's given us a robe of righteousness, right? He talks about, he talks about, you know, you're eating your bread with, um, uh, with joy. And he talks about eating, drinking wine. He's not talking about natural wine. He's not talking, he's referring to, he's referring to communion. And he's talking about this aspect of communion. This aspect that you have with communion is what's going to make you right. What is it? That's what it says, right? He goes, he goes, because of these, God has already accepted your works, meaning, meaning because of your relationship, because of your communion, God has accepted you. He's made you righteous. Can I see a hand of all the righteous in here this morning? Amen. And so it says in verse eight, let your garments be always white with purity and let your head not lack the oil of gladness. Something that our society is lacking today, and it is, it is joy. Amen. Something our world is, is there, there's things constantly, uh, constantly coming at us day in and day out. There's things that our society and our world are facing, and it is to take out gladness. It is to take out joy. It's to take out strength. It's to take out peace. It's to take out everything that would cause the life of a believer to be strong. But you know what? I am not, I am not the world. I am not like the rest of the world. Amen. 
I have the greater one on the inside of me. And because of that, I live with no lack here. It tells me that my head should lack no anointing. My head should lack no ointment. So not only do I have as a believer, I have to rest and, and reign from this position of righteousness as Romans chapter five talks about. That this, this gift of righteousness that we should rule and reign with him. So this, this purity that I have, it gives me authority, but, but also it tells me to lack no oil. The church doesn't need to be without oil. The believer doesn't need to be lack any oil. Hallelujah. We should have a ceaseless supply of oil. That Zechariah 4, 6 talks about. Not by our might, not by our power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And, and it talked about that ceaseless supply of oil. Hallelujah. I don't want to lack any oil. I don't want you lacking any oil. See, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you to operate in deficit. And he will bring attacks to your life. He'll bring disappointments. He'll bring delays. He'll bring challenges. I wrote the statement down and you don't need to turn there, but in Job chapter 17, he, Job says this, he goes, my spirit is broken and my days are spent and the grave is ready for me. What is Job saying? He's saying, I'm discouraged and I'm tired and I'm ready to give up. And it all was because of this. He says, my eyes dwell on their obstinacy, their insults and the resistance. Meaning because of what I'm looking at, because of what I'm dwelling on, he goes, it's causing me to be depressed and it's causing me to be discouraged and it's wanting me to die too early. You know, Jesus had to tell the disciples, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Right? Let not your heart be troubled. This was, this was, I believe John chapter 14, 15 and 16, I believe is Jesus gives us the, the keys to operate in abundant life in this world. If you break down those four chapters, John 14, 15, and 16, and then John chapter 17 is when he prays, he commissions, and then John, John chapter 18, and, and he goes on to start being betrayed and go on. But I believe John chapter uh, 14, 15, and 16, if we can get a hold of those, I believe those things are what will cause us to live in abundant life in the midst of times of trouble. Because he started out, let not your heart be troubled. Then he closes out John 16 at the end of this whole, whole uh, monologue with the disciples and communicating to us. And, and he tells us, he goes, he goes, these things have I spoken unto you. In the world, you will have tribulation. So all these things, what things was he talking about? He was talking about the last things he was sharing for three chapters, 14, 15, and 16. About it abide in my word, and, and my word will abide in you. And you ask what you will, be done by my Father. Pray in my name. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. It's expedient that I go away, because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. You see me, you've seen the Father. Greater works than you do, because I go to the Father. So I can go down the whole list of these three chapters, but it's for us to understand Jesus saying, these things I say to you. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've deprived of its power to harm you. Be of good cheer. Have great confidence. Have great expectation. So all the things that I've spoken to you are the very keys that will cause you to win in life. They're very things that will cause you to excel higher. The very things that will cause you to walk through storms, to walk through difficulties, to rule and reign as a believer in life. 
See, the enemy does not want you to win. So the tribulations and the attacks that the enemy would try to bring is to get you to a place of discouragement. But we have to understand, Jesus said, said these things I've written unto you. And the majority of what he talked about in these, these three chapters was the Holy Spirit. The word of God. The name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. So he anointed him what with the Holy Ghost. So I have some anointing oil here. And, and, and so when we talk about anointing is talking about rubbing, rubbing it on something. And so, so if you have, you know, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost was the anointing that was being put on Jesus. Right? It, the anointing. The anointing upon his life. He had to have the ointment. He couldn't lack the anointing. He couldn't lack the anointing to do what he did. Yeah, he could. He could have lived a sinless life his entire life, but he still needed the ointment. The Ecclesiastes said, "said Yeah, you you have the your, let your garments always be white." But he said, "Make sure your head lacks no ointment." And we can, we can do all the right things. We can say the, all, all the right things and we can line up our lives a, a particular way. But yet we need to understand the importance and the value of the anointing upon our lives. Yes. We can't lack ointment. How God anointed Jesus Christ with a Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all. Everything Jesus did had to do with this anointing. So when Jesus told the disciples that you have to have the Holy Spirit, he was saying, don't lack the ointment. Don't lack the gift. Don't lack the very thing that will strengthen you, the very thing that will equip you and the very thing that will power you. What makes me a Christian is not because I go to a Christian church on the Sunday morning. What makes me a Christian is, is the anointing. Christ. It's not Jesus' last name. It wasn't Joseph and Mary Christ. No, Christ. Creo. Creo meaning to smear on, to rub all over. Comes from another root word, creomaya, meaning which to, means to furnish what is needed. So the anointing, what's being rubbed on and smeared on, whatever is being put on you is to furnish what is needed. See, we can't lack the strength for what's needed. We can't lack the ointment. We can't lack the, the, the anointing. We can't lack the, the strength and the power and the ability of what Jesus has made available by the Holy Spirit. Can you say this? I have no lack. I have no lack. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 20. It says, For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. For all the promises of God. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. Now look at verse 21. 
Now he which establishes us with you in Christ hath anointed us is God. Now it didn't say anointed him. See, this is a promise. And all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. So, so, so the promise of the anointing is found in Jesus. And it didn't tell it. it Paul's not saying that God anointed Jesus. No, what does he say? He anointed us. Now he, which established us with you in Christ, I've been established in Christ, right? But then it also says who hath anointed us. So not only did he establish me in Christ, but he also anointed me in Christ. See, because of Christ, I lack no anointing, no oil. See, the apostle Paul understood the importance of this because he knew that attacks would come. He knew difficulties come. We, I mean, we can look at the, the, the life of the apostle Paul and we can know that, man, he experienced great difficulties. But you know what? He refused to give up. He refused to throw in the towel. He refused Even so much so when he was standing on trial at the end of his life and, and he's standing there and he, he's on trial and he said, he goes, all forsook me. He said, but the Lord stood by me. Meaning, yeah, everyone else in the naturals left me, but you know what? I still have the anointing. I still have the Holy Spirit. You know, familiar things that Paul, so Paul said, let's go over a couple chapters over to 2 Corinthians 4. I just want to establish this first this morning that, that the anointing is available. And because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we have no lack. Verse 6, it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. What, what does he mean by that? For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. What is he referring to? He's referring to creation. He's talking about what was in creation. It said in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, right? And said what darkness was upon the face of the deep, right? And, and what did God do? It said he, it said the Holy Spirit hovered upon the face of the deep, right? And what did God say? Light be. So it's really saying this in the same way, right? So for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts. Meaning, meaning the same God that spoke light be in creation. And we knew who caused that to happen. What The Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the deep, right? Do you see this this morning? And that same thing says, has shined in our hearts. Meaning that same light that, that caused everything to, 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 to be, everything to come into being that we see today. That same light is on the inside of each one of us. That same enablement, that same power, that strain, same ability, that, strain, that same uh, strength is on the inside of each one of us. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. What? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Then it says this, but we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. <laughs> wow. Woo. That treasure is in something like me. Are you sure? <laughs> 
man, have a treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us? The excellency may be of God and not of us. See, I, I think the, the, the lack of what we need to understand is, is we need to understand we need to lean into him for everything. Because it's not of us, it's of him. This excellency of the power is of him and not of us. I've got to lean into him. I've got to lean on him. I've got to surrender to him. I've got to, I've got to be saturated with him. I've got to go all in with him. I've got to go all in with him. I, I've got to go all in with him because if I'm lacking oil, it's because I'm not in the right position to receive it. And that treasure is in an earthen vessel. And then it says this, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but not forsaken. I'm cast down, but I'm not destroyed. You see, you see, the, the anointing upon Paul's life never made him void of trouble. You, you're, you're not going it, to... It, you see, he had to understand because of the treasure, because of whatever he was facing, he could, he could say, I might be in trouble on every side, yet I'm not distressed. Why? I have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Yeah, I might be perplexed and I might not be confused right now. You know what? But I'm not without despair. I'm, I'm not in despair, meaning, meaning I, there's an answer somewhere here. I might not know what it is, but I'm not with this, to be in despair, meaning you are without hope. I mean, right now I might be confused, but you know what? Hey, but the, the treasure in an earthen vessel, I'm not without it. I'm not without being able to get the answer. might be persecuted, but you know what? I'm not alone. I might be cast down, but you know what? I'm not destroyed. Why? Because I have a treasure in an earthen vessel. I have oil. I have oil. See, and when we, we tap into oil from the Holy Spirit, we can make it through any storm. We can make it through any difficult we can, difficulty. We can make it through any setback. We can make it through anything. Yes. Without, uh, I could read all these verses, but let's go to um, verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Faint not. He goes, I'm not going to faint. Why? I'm not going to faint. Yeah, my outward man's perishing, but yet, you know, in here, my spirit man is being renewed day by day, Pastor Carla. Day by day. I'm telling you, every day we need, we need to get stronger in here. We, 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 need to, we need the oil. We need the oil. We need that oil to be overflowing in our lives, Rochelle, right? Thank you, Father. Oh, where do you want to go, Lord? <laughs> Thank you, Father. It's not, not lack any oil. It's not lack any oil. Let's go to... Um, Thank you, Father. Let's go to Luke chapter 6.
So the oil. The oil is available. And the oil is what causes you to, to overcome. Luke chapter 6. Look at verse 17. I'll read the King James. It says, And he came down with them, and he stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. So they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. It's interesting that, you know, they came to hear first. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. And be healed. Verse 18. And they were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed. The Lord wants me to get into this. This word healed is not IMAO, which is the word to make whole or to cure. This word heal, the ones that were vexed with the spirit, vexed by demonic spirits and demonic forces, this word here, heal, is where we get our word therapy. And actually, if you look at this word, it does mean to cure, but it also means to worship and also means to serve. Meaning when there was a shift in their hearts, meaning as he was teaching and these vexed spirits, what happened is they changed their focus away from what was going on. And now they were receiving therapy from someone. They were receiving therapy from a counselor. Jesus, the counselor, the spirit was on him and it was a spirit of counsel. So there was a change of focus and there was a change of direction. And the next verse says this, it says, And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him, and he healed them all. Now, this word heal means to restore and to cure and make whole. So what we see here, we're we're seeing the anointing in operation, and the anointing was to do what? The anointing was to change your perspective from the very things that are trying to vex you, and the very things that are trying to destroy you, and the very things that are getting your keeping your focus off of the answer. To be vexed by something means your attention is no longer on what it should be on. Meaning you can't get your eyes off this one thing. You're vexed, meaning, meaning you're obsessed with this. You're obsessed with that. And because you're obsessed with that, you can't get your focus on the right thing. That's why therapy had to happen because now Jesus, now because of what he was showing, their mind wasn't on their problem anymore. Their mind was on him. And as their mind got on him, as he continued to teach, they were now able to receive the virtue that was coming out of him that could now make him whole. See, for, for a lot of people, before they can ever experience wholeness or healing, you've got to stop allowing the enemy to vex your mind with your problem. This is, I've never taught this before. I've never heard anyone teach this. This is just coming out of my heart right now. So this is, this is the Lord. All right. I I did not study this this morning. Okay. (laughs) Because I believe it's important for us to understand the anointing is to, because what happens is when you experience difficulty in storms, the storm is trying to get your attention. And so Jesus had to deal what, what had captured their attention. So then he could minister to the actual need. 
to minister to the effects of what to minister to the effects of what they were being vexed by. Oh, Father, I eat a basobresh to kisi. We bind every demonic force that would vex loved ones, our family. That would vex those that we work with, those that are struggling and being from one defeat to another. Those even in this place today, I bind the enemy that has, that has kept them bound for too long. I thank you for freedom that is found in the presence of the Lord. But there's something you got to see that, that, that Jesus goes on to talk here. She says, and he healed them all. In verse 20 says, and he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, blessed be you poor for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Now, this isn't necessarily talking about physically being poor. It's not that you're blessed because you're poor. That's not what he's referring to. When he's talking about blessed are the poor, meaning, meaning blessed are those that can't get enough of God. Sometimes about being poor financially. I mean, you can be, you can, you can, you can be poor financially and still be broke spiritually. So it's not, it has nothing to do with financial wealth here. So I'm blessed are the poor. Meaning if, if, if you have a great need of something, then you're poor. So really what Jesus is saying, blessed are the poor. What for yours is the kingdom of God. When you realize he's all you need, then, then you'll, you'll be able to receive all the kingdom has. And then he says this verse 21, blessed are you that hunger now for you shall be filled. And this is what I want to finish up talking about. Blessed are ye that weep now, for you shall laugh. See, God's blessing is there for you as you're weeping. That that weep, blessed are those that weep, for they shall laugh. <laughs> Have you ever had days of weeping? <laughs> then let, that lets me know Then there's days of laughing. You might be in days of weeping right now, but I want you to know it says you shall laugh. You shall laugh. You shall laugh. <laughs> you shall laugh. I, I love that because it's not, it's not you might. It's not you could. No, this is matter of fact. This is, this is Jesus releasing the will of God into the heart of the hearers. That blessed are you that weep for you shall laugh. Hallelujah. See, right now you might be weeping, but I want you to know you will laugh. You will laugh. You will laugh. Hallelujah. You will laugh. What did the Amplify say in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse eight? He goes, he goes, talks about, you know, those that are, have white garments and that they have the oil, make sure you lack no oil of gladness. Hallelujah. Because I have the anointing, because that anointing is upon my life. I'm telling you, gladness is available to me. Joy is available to me. Laughter is available to me. The word weep means to wail loudly. It means to cry with a sense of great loss or great pain. But the word laugh is a sign of joy and satisfaction. And the Hebrew says, uh, the Greek says, it's a mark of gratification. It's a mark 
of gratification. Meaning, meaning you can tell when you had joy because now you have gratification. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Father. That's not, see, the church does not, the church needs to be a place where they find the oil. If there can't be joy in his presence, there can't be joy in his house. There can't be a filling in his house. There can't be a strength in his house that we just need to shut the doors and go home. Jesus was out there on that, on that plane, on that field, ministering the word of God to them. And he was ministering to them because why? Jesus is a God that desires to turn things around. In Luke chapter seven, he, he shows up at, to a funeral and it was a, it was a, a woman or a son and, 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 and Jesus shows up and, 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 and sets the woman free and set, sets the boy free and all of a sudden change the situation. Jairus, he's fearful. He's overwhelmed and, and attacked Mark chapter five and, and he's in the, and he's overwhelmed by emotion. And he said, come, you know, lay your hands on my daughter and, 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 and said, Hey master, your daughter, your daughter said, no, Jesus showed up. Why? Because when the anointing shows up, it brings a change in order to bring a change to the emotions of whatever's happening and what's ever going on. Your God is all about wanting to turn around your situation. He all is all about taking your sorrow and turning into joy. In Psalm chapter 126, it says, it says, when the Lord turned our captivity, we were like them that dreamed. Go, let's go there. Go to Psalms 126. Hallelujah. Psalms 126. Now, you have to hear the heart of the Father in this, okay? When the Lord brought back the captives... Who returned to Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Meaning, meaning it was almost like it never happened. Yeah. There, have there have been things that you went through and you look back on it and you're like, I went through that? Yeah. I experienced that? I mean, that's, that's the anointing of the Lord. I'm telling you, if you, if, if you have gone through things 20 years ago and you're not like them that dreamed, you know what? You need to give it to the Lord. You need to give it to the Lord. And I'm not saying that what you went through isn't a, isn't a bad thing or a negative thing, or, or I'm not trying to belittle your situation, but he has the ability to make it like it never happened to you. I'm not saying you forget about it and it's no big deal. I'm just saying it no longer, no emotions come up with it when you hear it, think about it. He says, then were our mouths filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Hallelujah. The nation said that. I'm so looking forward to people in Crowley, Texas. The Lord does great things for those people at Heritage of Faith. The Lord does great things. See, the people's captivity are getting turned every week. Healings are happening every week. Addictions are being broken every week. Depression is leaving every week. Oh, the Lord has done great things for Crowley, Texas. Hallelujah. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. <laughs> we are glad. The Lord did great. We are glad. We're glad. Hallelujah. Has God done great things for you? Are you glad? Are you glad because of what the Lord's done for you? 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Turn to freedom, our captivity, and restore our fortunes, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They who sow in tears shall reap in joy and singing. So those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. This is the heart of the Father. So what was Jesus telling them? The heart of the Father. Yeah, right now you might be weeping, but you shall laugh. You shall laugh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm like looking at the clock and I'm like, Lord. Good Isaiah chapter 61. You have time for two more scriptures. Isaiah 61. Hallelujah. Look to your neighbor and say, you shall laugh. I'm looking to those online. Hey, you shall laugh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. God, my Savior. God, my Lord. Yes, he is. Just kind of want to, yes, he is. You know, just. <laughs> Isaiah 61, see. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good tidings. Of, I'm reading the King James. The Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn in Zion. He wants to comfort all that mourn in Zion. What did Jesus say the Holy Spirit was? He was a comforter. That what he would be, he would be a comforter, right? So here he would comfort all that mourn. All that mourn. If you're mourning this morning, he's here for you. If you're, if you're weeping this morning, he's, he's here for you. The, the comforter is here today. The oil is here this morning. All that mourn in Zion. Look at verse three, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Whether you realize it or tonight, there's always an appointment available for you. Sometimes when we go to, you know, it takes a while to get an appointment. It takes a while to, you know, there, there's things that I've had to call for need, needing certain tests or certain things done. It's like, oh, well, we have an opening three months from now, but I need, I need now. I don't need three months from now. But you have, you have an appointment. He appointed something for those that mourn. You have a, you have a, for lack of a better, you have a date with with destiny. You have a, you have an appointment. There's something that's available to you. If you're weary, if you're mourning, if you're overwhelmed, if you're troubled, there's something available for each one of us to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. So what does he give those that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning? 
the oil of joy. There, there's, there's an anointing available for wherever you're at today. The Lord. You have an appointment. Maybe it's an appointment to change your, your ashes into beauty. Maybe it's an appointment to turn your oil of joy for mourning. Maybe it's a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So, so what is this garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness? What is the beauty for ashes? What is the oil of joy for mourning? What is it meant to do? The rest of the verse tells us that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he, that he might be glorified. See, he's provided the anointing. So you could then be a tree of righteousness. Meaning, meaning the anointings on your life to cause you to be immovable in storms. He's given me his spirit on my life so I could be a tree of righteousness. So I could be fixed under the shadow of the almighty. And also, so what? That he might be glorified. That when people look at how God turned your life around, how God changed your situation, how God brought you out and how God brought, how you, you should be weeping, you should be crying, you should be tormented, you should be this. But the world's looking at you and saying, hey, hey, some, what's different about, I went through the same thing and I can't get beyond it. But look at, look at, look at the Christian, look at the believer, look, there's something about what, it's the oil on his life. It's the oil on his life. And what happens? It will cause people to glorify God. The oil. Let our head lack no oil. Let me close with this thought. You can find this in Psalms 45 verse 7. And you can find it in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9 if you're taking notes. It's prophesying of Jesus. And it said that, that he would have the anointing of joy. Thank you, Father. Put, put it in Hebrews chapter 1. So I can just read it. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. One thing I want to leave you with this thought. Jesus is the head of the church. We are the fellows. We're his companions. We're the firstborn among many brethren. And it said that he has the anointing. He and God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Meaning Jesus is the head. I want you to know his head doesn't lack any oil today. But you know what? We are his body. And if you get a picture of this in Psalms 133 and it talks about unity and it talks about how the anointing oil that came down the head of Aaron and down the beard and went down to the skirts. Get a get a picture of Jesus this morning as the head of the church, the one that was anointed with the oil of joy above his fellows where he's the head of the church. We're his body and see, get a picture that we're stepping into the church is stepping into the greatest. We are in the greatest awakening, in the greatest outpouring, but but it's going to 
to be one of the greatest things to be marked by a joy that the world doesn't know, marked by a, wor- a joy that the world doesn't understand, and it's and it's coming down the head. And I, I believe we're in a time and a season that the, the 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 anointing is being so filled in the church that it's coming down his head and going down his beard and going down the skirts, and and as Ezekiel talks about, is going down and it and it's going out into the out of the front of the out of the house and going down the streets and and it's the it's the oil it's the oil it's the anointing oil and it's and and I'm telling you the, the this last day's move that's going to happen the greatest things are going to market is going to be a joy is going to be a joy in the midst of persecution joy in the midst of adversity joy in the midst of whatever the enemy might have why because that's what the oil is for something Annette has said and stuck with me for for a long time and just sticks with me. He goes, and she said, and, 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 and she's used it in different situations that you are anointed for hard. You, you are anointed for hard. You're anointed for hard. You're anointed for difficult, difficulty. You're anointed. You have oil. Thank you, Father. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, I thank you. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Justin, I have no joy. And you say, Pastor Justin, I have no gladness. And Pastor Justin, I have no oil. I feel like my, my cups run dry. I feel like I have nothing to offer anyone. I have nothing to offer. I don't even feel like I have enough to, to get through for my, myself. If that's you this morning, I just want you to come to the altar real quick. Come to the altar real quick. There's oil. There's oil. There's oil available. There's some in here this morning, you need joy. I don't want you to leave here today without, your, with, without an understanding of the oil. That your head will lack no oil. Maybe you're, you're about to face a difficult situation and not sure how to, to walk through it or, or how to make it through it. And, and you know what you need? You need the oil to get through it. I want you to come to the altar.